to the camera. Well, good morning, everyone. I am so glad you're here this morning. Welcome, Life Church. Uh, for those of you who are new, maybe haven't been with us before, or maybe you're watching online for the first time, my name is Pastor Matt. I'm the lead pastor here, along with my wife, Tanya, and Pastors Mike and Ev. We serve as pastors here at Life Church, and we are so grateful to do so. And we want to welcome you all here today. We also want to welcome all those who are joining us online. Uh, you know what I'm going to say. Get your cinnamon bun. Yes, get your cinnamon bun and your coffee. Grab a seat on your couch. Get your Bible out. We are going to dive into the Word of God today, and I believe that He has something that He wants to say to you, and I believe that God has something He wants to say to you that are here this morning in this place. I just want to echo what Pastor Mike said earlier. There's something special about the gathering, right? Like it's, it's really cool to be able to watch it online, but there is something special about the gathering, and I want to thank you all for taking a step of faith this morning to come and join us in this room because I believe that God wants to meet each and every one of you right where you're at. Amen? Amen. Well, guys, if you're new or if you haven't been with us, we have been going through the book of Ephesians. The title of the series has been Grace and Glory. And I don't know about you, but I've been so blessed by this. Uh, sometimes I pick a series just so I can preach to myself. And, and this is one of those series, you guys. I've been so blessed by this, this series of grace and glory. Uh, to kind of bring you up to speed, uh, the book of Ephesians, written by the Apostle Paul, uh, is believed to be part of a similar group of epistles that were written from prison. And so Paul actually writes this, this, this book, um, possibly to the Ephesians, possibly to a group of churches in that area. And the books, uh, the Bible, uh, pardon me, the, 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 the book is uh, when you look at the, the highlights of it or the summary of it, uh, there are certain quotes that come about. And one of them is from a guy named by the name of Michael DeFazio, who says, Ephesians is a celebration of Christ's saving power. The way that we're looking at this book is that uh, we are reading it through the lens that we are saved by grace for, for what? His glory. That we are saved by grace but we are saved for His glory. And I love this book is like a, 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 a brilliant song that's written by a songwriter that's glorifying and declaring God's greatness. It's telling us about what He has done, and it's giving us opportunity to respond to the grace of God and what He has done. And so today, as we close out this series, we're going to end it. The title of my message today is The Stand. Somebody say it with me. The stand. The stand. Amen. We're going to turn right into the Word of God. We've got a lot of material to get through this morning. We're going to pray, and I'm going to preach. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18 is what we're going to be reading today. I'm going to be reading it to you from the New Living Translation. Uh, so we'll read it here on the screen. And uh, when we finish reading that, we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive right into the Word of God this morning. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, or in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places." Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. 
Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, uh, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. God, we're grateful that your word is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. And Father, this morning we pray that your word would go forth from my lips, Lord God, and it would impact every heart in this place. God, we pray for this word to plant good seed in our hearts, Lord God, that will grow into great fruit, Lord God. And we pray for everybody under the sound of this voice, Lord God, whether today or tomorrow or whenever they're watching it online. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, that these words would have impact and bring change. Father, I pray that you'd help me to get out of the way this morning, Lord God so that your presence can flow through in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, I have a lot of memories of this particular passage of Scripture. I remember when I was a kid, my dad preaching on this, actually. I can still vividly remember sitting at Glad Tidings Fellowship in Chilliwack, B.C., and watching my dad get up and preach on this message. And he did the classic, he was a youth pastor, by the way, for 16 years my dad's an amazing man of God, and he, I remember him preaching on this passage, and I remember him standing up, and he drew, he brought out, what I remember is, he brought this old, like, football helmet. It was a, it was, no, it was an orange plastic football helmet that he brought onto the stage, and I remember him putting it on his head as the, the, the helmet of salvation, and then he brought, like, a, you know, like a, 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 what is it, like, for a bat catcher, thing, you know, body armor, and he had that on there, and then I remember he had this, like, little plastic sword or something, and, and he had this other, like, you know, uh, trash can lid as a, as a, as a shield, and he, you know, and, and then he had this belt that he put on, and, and these are the memories that I have of this passage, of this, this, this image of a battle, this image of a soldier. When Paul's writing this passage, uh, he's actually right in the midst of these types of soldiers. So as he's closing the letter, undoubtedly he's thinking to himself, what do I need to say to these people? He existed in a time frame where the, the, the boundary between the supernatural and the natural seemed to be paper thin. People in those days blamed everything on spirits. Something's going on, there's some sort of devil in that. There's some sort of demon there. There's, there's something that's happening that's coming against it. So this is a language that the people that he's writing to would have understood. And as he's sitting there thinking about this, you know, what, what do I want to say? What do I, what I want to tell them as we close this letter and I leave them with something? What is it that I want to give them? And this is what he does. First of all, he reminds us that the battle that we're fighting is a very real spiritual battle. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says a final word. Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Again, grace. Grace. The power of his might. Put on all the armor of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities and unseen in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. So throughout the scriptures, we're given insight to the fact that there is an unseen world that surrounds us. That there is, in fact, a very real world where there is, in fact, a battle that is being fought over your life. 
That world is inhabited by angels and demons and spirits and authorities, the Bible tells us. And, and, uh, and, and so there is actually something going on. We see it throughout the scriptures. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Jesus himself refers to this spiritual battle in John 10.10 where he says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy, and I have come that you might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That there is an enemy that is out there and his, his desire is to destroy you and to tear you down. Let's not forget this, church. Now, how, how do we deal with this? Well, what we do is, is first of all, we don't overemphasize this. Right? It's like not everything is the devil's fault. Right? It's not, you know, the, the old, you know, the comedian, you know, the devil made me do it. Right? You know? Yeah, was it Flip Wilson? Thank you. I don't know. It's, it's different. Uh, the, but that whole idea, the devil made me do it. You know? You ran the red light. Oh, it's officer. It wasn't my fault. The devil made me do it, right? No, 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 that's not, we don't overemphasize it. But on the other side, on the flip side, church, we must not also underemphasize it. So there's a balance there. There's an awareness of that reality. Louis, Louis Giglio in his book, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table, says this, the devil wants nothing more than to crush you. He wants to steal from you everything you value. He wants to kill everything in your life that's good. Ultimately, he wants to destroy you. And if he can claim victory over your mind, he can eventually claim victory over your life. Bob Sorge, uh, in his book, Glory When Heaven Invades Earth, says that the nature of the enemy's warfare in your life is to cause you to become discouraged, to cast away your confidence. Not that you would necessarily discard your salvation, but that you could give up your hope of God's deliverance. The enemy wants to numb you into a coping kind of Christianity that has given up on seeing God's resurrection power. There is a battle that is being fought over your life. And it's often not as dramatic as we might imagine. I think often this battle is actually being fought to cause you to drift away from the reality of God's presence. I know I fight this in my life every day. I fight this all the time. This, 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 this thing that wants me to, to drift away, to forget about God's goodness and forget about his greatness and forget about his salvation. The enemy wants me to sin so he can call me a sinner. The enemy wants me to fail so that he can call me a failure. There is a battle that is being fought over your life. So what do we do with that? Well, here's what Paul says. Ephesians 6. I'm going to read this from the New King James Version just because it just sounds more anointed. (laughs) Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having girded up your waist with truth. Now, isn't it interesting that Paul doesn't say, I want you to go out and I want you to take dominion over this area in your life. I want you to pick up your armor and take some more steps forward and take out some more of the enemy as you move forward. He didn't say, I want you to you know, just experience this incredible high right now. What does he say? 
He says, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. To stand. Listen, church, sometimes the greatest, most, most faith-filled thing that you can do is stand. Come on, would there be a people that would stand? See, we live in a society where we glorify and we honor those people who stand out. We glorify and we honor those, those, those high points and we, we, we really focus on that. We, we focus on these big moments and these, these flashes in the pan. You know, the Super Bowl. We focus on, on the, the Oscars, on the award ceremonies, on the people that, that do great things in a moment. And we think, wow, that's great and that's wonderful and that's awesome. But church, would there be a people that would stand? Would there be a people that would stand? We honor faithfulness. Come on, the, the fact that you're coming here today, for some of you today, that was your stand. I'm going to get up and I'm going to get myself to church today because I'm going to stand. I'm going to trust that there is a God. I'm going to believe that He is and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I'm going to stand. Church, if you look around this place, one of the things I love about Life Church is there are people here who have stood the test of time. The fact that you're here today is a testimony to the fact that you have stood when others might have fallen back. Church, when you have done all to stand, stand, therefore. And sometimes all you can do in the battle is stand. Now, if we stop there, if we just said, okay, that's the word today, so I want you to stand. That's great, right? It's good. It's it's kind of like a little, you know, I've kind of given you a little bit of a, a pep talk, right? All right. Rah, rah, rah. Stand. Okay. Yes. Stand. I can do this. I can do this. And if that was all it is, if it was just like, hey, let's just, let's just stand. Just stand there. Don't, don't move. Just stand. Okay, I can do that. Then, you know what? That's, that's it. That would be a, that would be a very uh, worldly, humanistic way of looking at this, is we just need to stand. Can you just stand on your own two feet for once and just, just stand there and just be who you are? And this is, you know, the, 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 the way that the world would look at this would be like, you know, stand on who you are. Be proud of who you are. And just stand in the face of everybody else. But, but, but that's not what Paul says that we need to stand on. In fact, the Bible tells us that we have a foundation. We have a truth. We have a substance that we can stand on. So how do we stand? And what do we stand on? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Is that Hebrews 11.1? 1? Yes. It is a substance. So what do we stand on? So as we look this morning, church, at the armor of God, we're not going to look at it through the lens of armor. Again, so here's Apostle Paul. He's writing his letter in prison. He was chained to a Roman soldier every night as he's writing this letter about how do I get through to these people that we have something substantial behind us. We actually have some tools and some armor that's going to keep us in the battle. How do I tell them that they're not just standing on their own ideals or their own thought processes? How do I get this through to them? And right away he goes, oh, ding, I've got an inspiration. There's a soldier right here. And so he says, I'm going I'm to give them an a image, a picture of what this is going to look like. And so what do we stand on? Here we go. The first thing is this. It's called truth. 
First of all, we stand on truth. Now, the Bible calls this the belt of truth. We're not going to dive into the utility of those instruments this morning or the, the much anyways. We may come back to it, but it is the idea of truth. So when we stand, we don't just stand on our own ideas. We don't just stand on what we feel like at that moment. We don't just stand because we feel like it. We stand on something that is substantial, and that is truth. Now, what do we know about this? First of all, we know this, that the the opposite of truth is a lie. And what we know is that our enemy is a liar. In John 8, 44, it says, For you are children of your father the devil, and you love to do the evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Let me just say this, church. Every area of bondage in your life is connected to a lie. Is connected to a lie. So how do we combat that? What do we stand on? We stand on truth. Here's the first thing. The Holy Spirit leads us to truth. John 16, 13. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak and He will tell you things to come. The Holy Spirit brings us truth. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Right? Come. Flood this place. Fill our hearts. We need to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to constantly invite His presence into our homes, into our cars, into our workplaces. We need to invite the presence of God, not only into our churches, but you are the church and you are the body of Christ. And we need to invite Him into our daily lives. Because he will lead us to truth. So, man, this is, this is warfare, church. This is the real thing. This is where the rubber meets the road. The word of God is truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. This is Jesus praying. He declares, your word is truth. If you want to know where you find the truth, it's in the word of God. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. How about this one? Jesus is truth. John 14, 6 is Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, why do we need to stand on the truth? What does the Bible tell us about it? It says this, you will know the truth, John 8, 32, and the truth will set you free. Not your feelings, not your emotions, not the latest idea, not the latest self-help book, but truth is a person. Truth is his Savior, and his name is Jesus. And the Bible tells us that we will know him, that I might know him. And the truth will set us free. We stand on truth. Amen? All right, next one. We stand on. What else do we stand on? Number two is righteousness. The Bible calls it the breastplate of righteousness, Ephesians 6.14. We stand on righteousness. Now, when I was a young man, and um, uh, I was down, I was at a Bible college uh, internship program in, in the States. I've told this before. I had a buddy by the name of Brian Chapman who would come, and he would pick me up at 6 o'clock in the morning. He would always knock on my window because I'd be sleeping. <laughs> and they would drag me out of bed, him and Charlie would come and grab me. They'd drag me out of bed, throw me into his Azusa Trooper. We would drive around to the drive through coffee shop, get a Breve latte. If you don't know what that is, it's half and half because I was skinny. 
and I needed it. You can ask my wife. It's true. I was scary looking. And so I get my brevet latte, and we go down to the church sanctuary, and we get into that sanctuary, and Brian Chapel would sit up on that piano and just start worshiping God. And I would sit there, and when I first got there, I didn't know what to do. And so I began to pray, and I began to say, God, what should I pray? And God led me to this passage of Ephesians chapter 6, and I began to pray the armor of God over my life. And when I got to this part about righteousness, I would get stuck. Because I knew that I was not righteous. I knew that I had failed in so many ways. And I would pray and I would say, God, what do I pray for this part? And the Lord would bring me scriptures to my mind. And one of my favorites that you know I'm going to say right now, if you know me at all, if you've ever heard me preach before, this scripture comes out almost every Sunday. Why? Because this means so much to me. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What is the righteousness that we stand on? It's not ours. Praise Jesus. We stand on His righteousness. Come on. My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. That is what I stand on. The Bible tells us and and clearly defines for us what our righteousness is like. In Isaiah 64, verse 6, it says, We are infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. And if that offends you, turn it, let it turn you to Jesus. Because I want to tell you right now, church, it's not our righteousness. It's not how good we can be. What are we standing on righteousness? Well, I'm going to stand on my righteousness. No, you're not going to last very long. Because our righteousness, our attempts at righteousness are like filthy rags, but he makes us righteous. Romans 4, 1 through 5. Abraham, speaking of him, was humanly speaking the founder of our Jewish nation. And what did he discover about being made right with God, which is righteousness? If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that's not God's way. For the scriptures tell us Abraham believed God and God counted it to him as righteousness because of his faith. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something that that they have earned. But people are counted as righteousness not because of their work but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. What do we stand on? We stand on truth. And church, we stand on righteousness. And I love how Paul calls this one the breastplate of righteousness. That's like right there in your face. That's like, this is it right here. And how we know if we were to stitch this together with our own righteousness, there'd be holes all over the place. There'll be fiery arrows and bullets and everything getting through there. But we've got an impenetrable righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. Amen? Come on, that's got to get you a little bit excited. Tiny's excited. I love, I love my wife there. Come on, preach it. That's right. Uh, Philippians 3.9, and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with him depends on faith. Amen. Number two is righteousness. You guys with me? Number three, peace of the gospel. Peace of 
the gospel. Now, I know this is often called the shoes of the gospel, and we often talk about this in the context of we need to go into all the world and preach the gospel, and that's true, but it actually calls it the gospel of peace. And in the New Living Translation, it actually reverses that a little bit. It says this way, it's the peace of the gospel. So what do we stand on here? This word peace, man, do we need that word right now. Right? With everything that's going on in the world, with the division that is, exists out there, with the offenses that come so easily right now, as we're, our skin is so thin. We need this word of peace of the gospel. And what is this? There's a couple different elements to this peace. First of all, there's supernatural peace. Romans 8, 6 says, so, let your sinful nature control your mind. So, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. 2 Timothy 3.16, now may the Lord of peace give you his peace at all times and in every situation, the Lord be with you all. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done, and then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything that you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Come on, church, we need the reality of the gospel to impact our lives on a daily basis so that we can learn to walk in the peace of knowing him and what he has done for us. Amen? We have peace in Christ's victory. Romans 16, 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. There's a song about that. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan, and God will crush him. It's a youth song. Underneath your feet. Woo! That's how we would sing that when I was 16. Anyways, that was like the cool song. Uh, Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. I love how it says in the New Living Translation, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Come on. Peace in Christ's victory. He is working all things together for our good. Our hope is in Jesus. Amen. Number, next one, peace in God's plan for our lives. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them by his hand. How about this idea of shoes and walking on a path? The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Who's righteous? We just talked about this. He is, and we get to wear his armor. So I am, by the grace of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to walk knowing that he is guiding each one of my steps. This brings peace. Amen? Y'all with me? All right, number four. We stand on faith. The shield of faith. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 says, Be on guard. Stand firm in faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Hebrews eleven six, And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Hebrews 11, 1. Faith is the confidence that we have what we hope for will actually happen. Pardon me. Confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot See, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. How do we get this faith? 
He, Romans 10, 12, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. My favorite definition of this idea of faith is this. It's very simple. Simply agreeing with God. You know, it's faith like this morning exercise we need to do and get up and, you know. Work up the faith. No. No, no, no. The great men and women of God are those who agree with him. It's simple. Saying, God, I believe what you've said and I'm going to live according to your word. Faith, it's quiet sometimes. It's standing. Amen? Next. Salvation. We stand on salvation. Acts 15, 11. We believe that we are saved the same way. By the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Oh, praise the Lord for that. Praise God that it's not based on me and all my regrets and failures and, and guilt and shame. Man, it can, it, can, it, can, it can fall in light of the grace and wonderful work of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8-10. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we've all done. So we can't boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. And he created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Salvation. It's a helmet. Psalm 62 verse 2. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress where I will never be shaken. Now we are going to mention the element in this case which is the helmet which is the tool. And the helmet is interesting because the helmet, what it does is it guards our minds. It guards our heads. And in Lou Giglio's book here, Don't Give the Seat to the Enemy, uh, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. It's a great book, by the way. He says this, When a thought is obedient to Christ, it either aligns with Christ or is rejected by Christ and by God's teachings found in Scripture. See, if a thought is not taken captive by you in Jesus' name, that thought will take you captive. You will bind the thought, or the thought will in time bind you. What guards our minds? It's Him. It's Christ in us. It's our hope of glory. It's the truth and reality of His greatness. And we can choose to either agree with that, or we can choose to go our own way and follow our feelings. But it is our choice. We stand on salvation that Jesus has brought. Number six. Almost done, guys. You're with me. The Word of God. We stand. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Right? Hebrews 4.12 for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This is the sword of the spirit. This is our offensive weapon to take back ground against the enemy. This is the weapon that we use to defend ourselves. And this is the weapon that we use to stand on. Hebrews, pardon me, Psalm 119, 11 and 16. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And I will delight in your decrees and not forget 
your word. Another Louis Giglio quote, quote here, you can win the battle for your mind. You can win the battle for your mind, sorry. Don't give in to sin, despair, or darkness. Take every thought captive. Bind every thought in Jesus' name that doesn't come from God. Fill your mind with the goodness and richness of Scripture. Memorize Scripture and become the DJ of your mind, letting thoughts of God consistently fill your heart and your life. We stand on the Word of God. Okay, so now we know. This is how I fight my battles. Right? This is how I fight my battles. I'm going to stand on His Word. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by You. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by You. So how do we do that? It's great to have all these ideas. It's great to understand, you know, that these are the things that we can stand on. But how do we practically put those into our lives? How do we practically live that out? And I believe the answer is found in this last thing that he says in this particular passage. He says this. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. How do we take these very practical things? How do we take these things that we need to stand on, these ideas? Um, when I say practical, they're actually kind of more ideas. They're, they're thoughts that are out there that need to impact our thoughts. How do we make them a part of our everyday thoughts? And the answer, church, is this. We need to pray more. We need to pray. And I love how it says it here. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So we need to pray this into our lives. Church, I want to challenge you even just this week. I want to challenge you this week to have a prayer time with the Lord. Set aside a certain moment in your day and turn to this passage. And look at these items of, of, of warfare that Paul has given us. And I want you to pray them over yourself. But then I think the real key to this and the key to this success is not just to pray them for yourself, but it says pray for every believer. Church, we need to pray for each other. This isn't just about us. We are the body of Christ. And we need to pray for each other. We need to lift each other's arms up when we're tired and we're lost. There, there are times where this truth is so true and it's so real and it's so right. But there are times where it is so overshadowed by the realities of life. And in those times, we need other believers to surround us and to pray with us and to believe with us that God would intervene. And that our minds could be shifted back to the reality of His truth. Of His righteousness of his salvation and his faith. Of his word. Of his peace. Church, we need to pray. We need to pray. Because none of this happens just on our own. But we stand. We stand on a truth that is greater than ourselves. Amen? So we're going to do that today as we close. I'm just going to take a brief moment.
I'm going to invite my beautiful wife to come. Just jump on the keys for a second, babe. And I want to pray for you. And for all those that are at home right now as well. I want to pray these items of armor into your life today. And we're going to believe God to give you the strength that you need for this season that you're in. Church, if you want to just stand with me by faith this morning. If this is especially poignant for you, I I want to just ask you by faith to lift your hands up as if you're about to receive something. And at home, you can do the same by faith. Heavenly Father, this morning, I thank you, Lord God, that you are our victor and the lifter of our heads. Father, you are everything that we need this morning, Lord Jesus. And so, Father, this morning, we come to you, first of all, we say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Fill our lives with your reality. Fill our homes with your presence. Jesus, fill our cars. Fill our workplaces. Holy Spirit, come. Father, first of all, I pray for truth. The belt of truth, Lord Jesus. And we pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would come right now by the power of your presence and you would overwhelm any lies. We cast down vain imaginations and things that would lift themselves up against the name of Jesus. And we pray the truth of your presence. Your word says we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. And your word tells us that you you are the way, the truth, and the life. Your word tells us, Lord God, that there is a spirit of truth. And we pray the spirit of truth to come right now and break off the lies in Jesus' name. We pray breakthrough this morning. In Jesus' name. To everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord God. Second of all, Lord God, we thank you for righteousness this morning, Lord God. Oh, Father God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. It is a breastplate. It's our body armor. And we can walk boldly before the throne of grace because of the grace that you've poured out on us. And we thank you this morning, Lord God, that it's not our righteousness, but God, it's yours. And I pray right now against the spirit of condemnation and regret and guilt and shame in Jesus' name. We stand against them in Jesus' name and we pray the power of the gospel, the power of righteousness to flow through our lives today, Lord Jesus. And we're grateful that you became sin, that we might become the righteousness of Christ. And this morning we receive your righteousness. We repent of our sins. We repent of our failures. And we turn to you, our hope of glory. Jesus. And thirdly, Lord God, we pray for the peace of the gospel. Father, we pray that it would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we pray that this peace would come that overwhelms the overwhelming, that is passes understanding, Lord Jesus, that goes beyond anything that we can know or hope or think. Father, we pray that peace. And we pray that you would guide our steps. We pray that each step would be ordered of you and that we would walk in confidence and in peace knowing that our God goes before us and prepares the way. In whatever season we find ourselves in, right now, I pray peace. 
in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for faith. Let my faith arise. God, let my faith arise, Jesus. Let my faith arise. Jesus, let faith arise. Oh God, remind us of your truths. Remind us of your goodness. Remind us of your plan. God, remind us of your ever-present help. And let us respond with faith. Father, we agree with you today that you are God and you are Lord and you're in control and you know what you're doing, God. We trust you today, Lord God, and we come into agreement with you. Let our faith rise. Father, for salvation, the helmet of salvation. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus. God, that you who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Father, we were saved, we are saved, and we're being saved. And I pray that today, Lord God, that we would have a confidence, a deep confidence in the work that you're doing in our lives, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray for anyone that's here, Lord God, that does not know Jesus, I pray that today would be the day of salvation, and now is the appointed time. And I pray for many to respond to you. And if if that's you, if you're watching online right now and and you say, I don't know Jesus, I've never invited him into my life, I don't know what this means, today is the day of salvation. The Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you just call out wherever you are today, say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. Jesus, come and work in me. Come and live in me. Forgive me for my sins and my failures and come and be this truth and this righteousness and this hope and this faith, and this salvation today. And He will come. He will come. And finally, God, we thank You for the Word of God. And God, we pray that the Word would go deep in each one of our hearts. This week, as we live this out, Lord God, we pray that the Word would come out of us. Oh God, we pray that it would overflow from inside of our hearts, Lord God. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would go deep in our minds and our hearts, Lord Jesus, so that we could live by it, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the word of God. Oh God, that teaches us about you and that tells us how we ought to live and and teaches us about the presence of God. Thank you for your word this morning, Lord Jesus. We receive it now. We receive it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just as we close the service this morning, church, we're going to take a few moments. You can stay standing. Um, We're going to take a few moments this morning to respond to the Word of God. And we're actually going to take communion together as an act of obedience to the Lord. And so I'd like to invite those that are coming to serve the elements today, if you could come. And we're going to serve them to everyone as we're standing. I'm going to read the scripture. We're going to pray together. We're going to take communion. And then we're going to release you to go out and live this in the world. Amen? Let's do it. Thank you, Jesus. If you're at home, you can go and find 
some elements. Um, it could be um, it could be a cracker. If you can find some water, just something that you can join with us as we take this act of faith and obedience to the Lord. This holy moment Jesus Alright, so we're going to take the, um, the wafer I'm going to read a scripture to you We're going to pray And then we're going to take that together just, just wait just a moment so everybody has it We're going to try and um, do this together First Corinthians eleven twenty three, Paul says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And if you want to just peel off that top layer, you're going to find a little wafer in there. Oh, just wait just a moment. We're going to pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for the bread of life. Thank you for your body that was broken for us, Lord Jesus, that we can today be free and we can today seek you, Lord God. We thank you that your body was broken for us. By your stripes, we are healed today. We thank you for that now, the healing power in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody, let's take the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Father, thank you so much for the blood of the Lamb that was shed for our sins. Lord God, thank you so much that today we can have freedom because of your shed blood, Lord Jesus, that has washed away all of our sins and made us white as snow. We're grateful for it today. We thank you for your sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated for just a moment.
Seigneur. Such a good word. So much to think upon. Thank you. Thank you. It was so good. So good. And I love it when you can go away feeling inspired and challenged by the word of God. God is so good. You know, maybe you've heard so many, so many sermons on the armor of God. But you know what's so amazing about the powerful, active word of God is that every time we can get a new revelation, a new understanding of what God is speaking to us in through his word. And that's what I love about the Bible. So thank you for giving us a fresh revelation. Amen.